Welcome to the Grand Point Church Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Stein, and we're on our third message in our Risky Business series, where we're looking at the life of Moses. We're learning how our relationship with God should give us the courage to take risks. Today's message from Pastor Lawrence Metzler falls on our annual Vision Sunday, where we celebrate all that God has done over the past year and get our hopes up about what's to come in 2020. All of us at Grand Point are excited to see how courageously taking risks for God will grow his kingdom. Well, good morning, church. Uh, man, that, that is a privilege, isn't it? You need to know that being a child of God is like the greatest relationship that you'll ever be in. And I think that's just something that we get to celebrate uh, here this morning. Hey, welcome to Vision Sunday 2019. Uh, anybody, was anybody at the Penn State Whiteout game yesterday? A couple of you were there? That had to be amazing. This is our Whiteout Sunday at, Ch- at, at, at Grand Point Church. Right? I, I think we should have all dressed the same. Someday we'll do that, although our collar is blue, so maybe we'll do a blue up Sunday or something like that. But anyway, welcome to Grand Point this morning. This is Vision Sunday 2019. I have so much to talk to you about today that we're just going to get started. I don't even have time for a good joke or a good story to get started. We're going to jump right into this. Let me ask you, how many of you, uh, did everyone receive the 2019 booklet? This is actually, actually going to be like our Bible this morning. If you did not get one of these, just raise your hand. The ushers are in the aisles. They'll get these to you. We want you to have these because I'm going to actually work through this page by page real quickly, and uh, then we're going to move into some uh, future vision. Really, what this is is a look back at 2019 uh, year in review. So when you open this, the first page shows a picture of our staff looking a little bit dirty. Right now, this is, uh, again, this comes from our mud run series where we promised our staff that they would, go, they would do a mud run through that series, and we did. We got dirty, but this also illustrates a little bit of our purpose and our mission as a church. Some people have the idea that here at Grand Point Church, in order for you to come here to these nice buildings where there's nice cars in the parking lot, where people inside look like they have it all together, Right? People on the outside feel like they have to be like that before they can come here. We've actually had people say that they're not good enough to go to Grand Point Church. We've heard that. So whatever image we present, this kind of offsets that because we want you to know that the reason we're here is not just for people that have it all together. We're here for people that are going through some messy things in their lives because that's what the church is. It's to help you work through the mess that you're going through right now because not everybody has a perfect life. Not everybody has a perfect marriage. Not everybody has the perfect job. Not everybody has perfect relationships. In fact, many of them are a mess because because we live in a broken world. So that's got to illustrate that fact that even if you're messy, you are welcome here. That's who we are. We're here to help you through that. When you turn the page, you can see the entire uh, GPC staff. Some of you are asking questions different times about who are the staff members uh, here at the church. This is it, but let me be very quick to say that this is a sampling of the staff. Because here at Grand Point Church, we believe that the volunteers serving behind the scenes are the greatest staff this church has. And so for all of you who volunteer, thank you for being a part of the staff as well. But these are the people that have to show up. 
right? These are the people that we pay to be here. And so that's, that is uh, the staff. The next page shows you the elders. Uh, for some of you that aren't familiar with our ministry here at Grand Point Church, we are an elder-led congregation, which simply means that the elders are the voting members, the voting body that make the decisions. Now, you might say, well, wow, there's only seven. Seven people make the decisions for this entire church. Uh, they kind of serve as representatives, and we have elders that worship at the Shippensburg campus. We have elders that worship at the United uh, Worship Service, and we have elders that are part of the sanctuary. They represent the entire church. And yes, the rest of us are there uh, kind of by influence, and we lead a lot by influence and by vision, but the elders are the decision-making body. So these are the guys that you want to contact if you have any questions or serious uh, concerns about the church. These are the elders, and I would just be the first to tell you this is an amazing, amazing group of guys that I get to work with. Uh, some of you uh, know, that again, that our system here has a rotation base for our elders. The elders serve for three years, and then they are reelected to a second term of three years, and after six years, then they are, are done. But after three years, they have that option again to not run again. Uh, so these are the elders that are appointed, and uh, we have no turnover this year. So all of the elders that have served in the past year of 2019 will be leading again in 2020. The next page shows our leadership teams, which is uh, trustees and deacons, uh, deaconesses. The next page talks about our next-gen ministries. Uh, we have historically had a uh, children's pastor and then a youth pastor, uh, but we've added to that staff a next-gen pastor, which kind of oversees all of that and even works to connect all of that with the parents and different ways that we can help families move forward. So that is brand new this past year, but it's working very, very well. And you can see a little note there from our next-gen director, uh, Rodney Beisline. The next page shows our counseling ministry here at Grand Point. We offer pastoral counseling, uh, Christian clinical counseling with two professional counselors on, on board, and then also premarital counseling. So if anyone is needing those services, we just want to be available to you. The following page is stories. It's just stories, no numbers there, but just stories, a story from one of our high school students, uh, one of our young adults, and then a story or a quote from Samir Singha, our missionary in India, which I'll talk about in a moment. The following page has to do with our circles. Here at Grand Point Church, we believe that circles are the connecting point for everybody to have that significant relationship uh, to the church. So you will hear us talk a lot about circles and promote circles in every way because that is the key uh, to get us to, for you to, to know who we are and us to know you. We have one little quote there from Jonathan and Lydia who talk about the significance of the circle in, in their lives. The next page is community outreach, shows uh, some of the things that we've been involved in, but not only that, it gives us a glimpse of what's coming. I'm excited about this. Historically, we have always been involved in the community, but over the past couple of years, we've lost contact with some of the community organizations that are out there. Our new missions team, our outreach team, which is just being formed and coming together right now, is serious about our community. So next year, coming in 2020, we're going to be partnering with Noah's House. Gracie's Place, Network Ministry, She's Somebody's Daughter, and Monarch's Way. And we're going to tell you everything that you need to know about these organizations as we introduce them to you in the coming months. And I'm super excited about our support of that. 
The, the next page then is our global outreach, and some of you know that we have this partnership in India, which again, I'll talk about in a few moments when we get into our vision, but this gives a glimpse of some of the things that have happened there, and by your attendance and your membership here at Grand Point Church, you're not only contributing to India, but when you give in the morning offerings, a portion of that money goes to some other global outreach in areas like Haiti, Bangladesh, Dominican, Peru, Hawaii, Mexico, Nicaragua, Venezuela. We really are a global church. So we have connections all over the place. And just in case you didn't know this, when you drink coffee from the Grand Point Cafe, 25% of all the coffee proceeds that we purchase go to missions. So keep drinking that coffee. In fact, go have a second cup today because it's making a difference in the world around you, right? Now, the next part, some of you may have some interest in this or maybe not. Here's where I'm just going to throw a bunch of numbers at you, and that has to do with the budget. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but I want to walk through this because this first page gives you an overview of the general fund 2019. The next page gives you the 2020 budget. Some of you want to know kind of what goes on behind the scenes financially. And here at Grand Point Church, we don't hide any of this from you. Our books are, are open, and if you want to know even more about the finances, you just contact the church office, and we'll put you in touch with the person that can talk to you. Don't ask me about it. I get involved very little in this. I mean, I keep a tab on this to kind of know what's happening, big picture, but I don't get into the details. So we'll get you in touch with the people that do. But our general fund, I just want you to, I want you to see this. Uh, our projected giving to, for the end of this year is uh, $2,396,000. Our projected expenses are $2,180,000. So we're, we're expecting a surplus of $656,000 this year. That's a healthy surplus. Thank you, Grand Point Church, for your generosity to have this ministry continue. These are big numbers. They're big numbers. This is a big budget for a church, but God has been working through you and the whole Grand Point Church combined that he's making this happen, and we are so blessed. We do have a couple mortgages, and uh, you can look at that if, uh, if you're interested in that. If you're interested in paying any one of those off, just let me know. I will talk to you about that. <laughs> I don't need to know a whole lot about finances to say yes, uh, we'll, we'll take that. But. And then we, we are introducing our 2020 general fund budget. I'm not going to go through any of this, but you look at this, and if you have any questions at all about the past, about the future budget, please, please call the church office. Robin will direct you to the person that you need to talk to about this. We value your input on this, and uh, I might remind you that uh, several years ago, we made some changes in our leadership here where it is now the the leadership team that, that votes on the budget. Uh, no longer do we put this out to the congregation because with seven different meetings on a Sunday morning and uh, a few, a very small percentage of people that would come to a congregational meeting, it just really wasn't working well to have a congregational vote. So it is now voted by the elders who represent the entire congregation and uh, works really well. But if you have any questions about that, please please do uh, call the church office. Then the last page is kind of a celebration of the Grand Point Church ship, which has just celebrated their one-year anniversary, 
in September. And there's a note there from Kevin, Pastor Kevin, uh, that I'll let you read on your own. The back page is contact information uh, that we give to you. Now, there's a lot more that I could say. In fact, I wish I had about an hour and a half this morning just to talk to you, but I don't have that time. So let me just say this. This booklet is for you to take. It is for you to share with someone else that might want to know a little bit about Grand Point Church. But one of the things that we did not do this year was we did not put a lot of numbers in here. And let me tell you why. Some of you know that Penny and I have, uh, have a couple of grandkids. Right? We have nine grandkids. And uh, so we have this board in our basement. Somebody in the first service thought this was the new measurement for your seating capacity. <laughs> it is not. You're still at 22 inches. This is not the new. <laughs> this is a growth chart that we keep in our basement. And uh, so every year we measure the grandkids. So we line them up against this. They have to stand there with their head up and we put this straight edge in and then we, we mark it off. So eight of our grandkids are on this. And it's kind of fun. You know, we do this once a year right around their birthdays. So if they're at the house, we're like, hey, you got to go to the growth chart before you, you leave. Nana's really good at keeping up with this. In fact, we got our last, the last one that we just put on was little Cruz who turned one year old about two weeks ago. Was it two weeks? And so we put Cruz up here. Now, that was a challenge because this dude doesn't even stand yet. And he's like this, and then he's looking up, and he loves to smack you in the face. But we got him. We got him. And so he's on there. Now, we measure these. It's fun to see the kids grow. And from year to year, it's, to, it's good to compare, right? And we do the comparison thing with even the other grandkids and, and all that kind of stuff. But I have to tell you, the numbers on this chart are not really what we care about. They're not really what we care about. Because the numbers on this chart uh, don't tell us. Don't tell us everything about our grandkids. They don't tell us who they are. These numbers don't tell us who they're becoming. These numbers don't tell us who their friends are. These numbers don't tell us, like, what they like to do. These numbers don't tell us what they're learning at kids' point or what they're learning in school. These numbers don't even tell us who God made them to be. In fact, Penny and I don't have anyone calling us and saying, hey, how are your grandkids growing? What are the numbers? What are the numbers, right? That's a big thing that churches ask. What are your numbers? And so we realize that numbers don't tell the whole story. So, so when it comes to our grandkids, we love watching them grow. We love marking the new advances, but this is really not what we care about. Over the past decade, there have been a lot of numbers on the growth chart at Grand Point Church. Ten years ago, in October of 2009, our average attendance at Grand Point Church was 791 people. That's a good number. That was fun to put on the chart, 791 people. Ten years later, in October, our average attendance is now 1,769 people. Amen. It's amazing. Yeah, you can applaud for that. To God be the glory for that. So I will tell you, it's been fun over the years to mark that on the growth chart. It's been fun to track that and to see how God was providing uh, people and, and, and things to come. But, but about uh, three years ago, we're sitting around the table, you know, as, as leaders, and we're like, you know what? Is this really what matters, though? Are the numbers what matters? Because the numbers don't tell the whole story. The numbers don't tell us who you are. The numbers don't tell us who you're becoming. The numbers don't tell us who your friends are. The numbers don't tell us what you're learning when you come here. The numbers don't even tell us who you were created to be. 
So we had this idea that maybe instead of making the metric of our success, the numbers of people that come, there needs to be a different way that we measure this. And it was beautiful how God just allowed this to happen and because we want to make sure that we're not just attracting people and gathering people. So we said, we said, what if, what if the metric of our success would be how many people we send rather than how many people we gather? Now, I want you to know, I want you to know that numbers, numbers are still important to us. In fact, they were important to God. They were important to Jesus. He even gave this parable in Luke chapter 15 where he talked about this one shepherd that had 100 sheep. He had 100 sheep. He's using numbers. And one, just one of the sheep was missing one day. So the shepherd left the 99, right? Jesus is very specific about numbers. He left the 99 and went in search of that one individual, which lets, lets us know that, that, that God, that every one matters to God. Right, so when it comes to the church and it comes to people coming here, we're sitting there thinking, wait, it's not about how many people we gather. It's not about the 100, but it's about, it's about that one that was lost. It's about all of those that come and how is God working in their lives? How is God growing them and who did God create you to be? So we got together and we decided, like, what would it be like if we changed the metric of our success from the gathering to the sending? How many people are we actually sending out to connect into circles? How many people are we sending back into the community to serve in community organizations? And how many people are we able to send out to start new churches around our community? And we packaged all this, this kind of new vision in what we're calling the 1224 vision. And just in case you have not been here or are not familiar with the 1224 vision, it comes from the scripture in the Gospel of John, chapter 12, verse 24, where Jesus said this. He said, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and what? Dies. Unless it dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Now, bearing much fruit caught our attention because that's what we want to do. In fact, our mission statement says we exist to help as many people as possible. That's bearing much fruit. And we want to, we, that's, that's still where we're at. It's still, we're still concerned about those numbers, right, because numbers represent individuals. But we began to look at this verse and say, man, what would it look like if instead we measured, you know, how many people came here, if we kind of died to that idea, and said, what would it look like if we sent people out uh, and, and measured our success by that? What would that do in bearing much fruit? See, this is a principle that Jesus used for his own life. When he said this, he was talking about himself. And he was talking about himself going to the cross one day and dying. And when he died on that cross, that opened up the possibility for a whole lot of other people, including everyone in this room, to come into a relationship with him, to come into a place of being saved. That's the fruit that resulted as a result of Jesus' death. If Jesus had not gone to the cross, man, we'd still be out there all alone, all alone, waiting to, waiting to pay that penalty. By the way, by the way, when, whenever there's a truth about Jesus in the scripture, it is also a truth about you. So there's a principle. There's a principle that applies to you, and I think you'll understand this. Listen, if you are all about yourself, all about your preferences, all about what you want and what your rights are, you're going to be a very lonely person. That's right. You're going to be a lonely person. 
you're going to end up living life alone. So if you like being a loner, make life about you, right? And it'll, it'll kind of result in that. But if you begin to die to yourself and your interests and your preferences and what you like and your rights, and you just begin to give out to other people, I guarantee you at that very moment you will realize life as you have never lived it before. Because it's then when life really begins. That's when God puts much fruit into your life and into the lives of those around you. That's when your heart becomes satisfied. It's when you give. That's when you're most blessed. And so this is the principle that we took and said, let's make our mission. Let's frame our mission around that. So we decided we're going to try to come up with a couple of different components to this so that we know what it looks like and so that we can share this specifically. And so we said this, okay, we're going to develop a global partnership. We're going to start giving to a global partner. Now, historically, Grand Point Church has always been faithful to missions. We've always given to missions, global missions, but never in the form of a true partnership. So we said, what would it be like if we would do that? And I'll come back to that in a moment. The second thing we did said, what would, what would it be like if we sent people out? Let's take 150 people and send them out into a new community to start another church. I'll talk more about that. And then the third part was this. What would it be like if we just, you know, connected with another community church that was trying to do the same thing that we are, that has the same vision or a clear and compelling mission on how to reach their community? Could we come alongside of them and just bless them in a great way? Well, let me show you how this worked out because this is what we adopted. So, in our 1224 vision, year number one, 2017, uh, we, we called our our denomination and said, hey, who is, where's the mission field that, that has this great vision and a large number of unreached people that we could connect with and form a partnership? Without hesitation, they said India. So on February 1st of 2017, Tony Deal, Chad Shute, and myself, we got on a plane and we went all the way to India, sat down with Samir Singha, the missionary that's there, told him what our vision was, and he said, I know exactly where you need to go. So he took us on a train to this little village, and we met uh, several different pastors at this village who all took us to their churches, and we had to speak at every, every church. I think we, we, we did like four services on a Sunday, and we went, uh, Denny was there, and Glenn was there, and we, we uh, began to minister in this village to these pastors. And I'll never forget the first trip that we were there, we were just getting ready to leave on the last day, and we're sitting around the dinner table at the hotel. And I asked the question, we're having some conversation, but I asked the question to these pastors, if you had more resources and if you had trained leaders, would you be able to start more churches in these villages? And then right after the translation was complete, I'll never forget this, but all seven of the pastors sitting across from me and started nodding in unison. And at that moment, we knew we had a partnership. And so we came back here and shared that with you, and, and we're like, let's do this. Let's do this partnership. And so we jumped in there, found out what their needs were, and we found out that some of these pastors were being supported partially. If money was there, they would be paid. Sometimes these pastors just weren't paid at all. So we said, what would it look like if we took uh, the full financial support of these pastors at least for a year? And uh, so we did. We did that. We supported them fully for a year. We found out that one of the things that they were looking for was this place or a facility in which they could operate uh, their ministries out of, which they could do leadership development and have school and uh, training centers and all that. So we got together 
as a church, and we built them the community center uh, there, there in Malda, and uh, we brought in fresh water, drilled a well, brought in fresh water for the very first time in that village, and God has just used that in an incredible way. In fact, right now, right earlier this morning, uh, Chad and uh, Nick, Nick Shear, were there in India, and uh, they spoke at that church this morning, and they were, my, my phone was blowing up this morning with photos coming back and videos. I just wish we could have got them to you, but we will. But they're there on the ground right now just seeing how we can uh, continue to work that global partnership. So we're standing back now at the end of that and saying, wow. God did more than what we ever expected. God did more than what we ever planned with the global partnership. Then in 2018, we said this is the year to plant this new church. Could we get 150 people and let's move them out to begin holding services in another part of our community? And most of you know that we ended up in Shippensburg for that campus. Again, in September of this year, we just finished the one-year anniversary and uh, and, and God has just blessed us beyond measure with more than what we anticipated. When we set out for this vision, we said, we're going to start this in 2018. And in three years, three years, we're going to trust God to grow this to about 500 people. Well, at the end of the first year, the average attendance was 477. So again, it was more than, more than what we anticipated. But that's how God seems to be working. And then in 2019, we said, this is our year for a community partnership. We want to find another church that has the same kind of vision, the same heartbeat as Grand Point Church. And we want to be able to lean into their ministry and just bless them. Again, giving outside of ourselves. And we found this to be a whole lot more difficult than we expected. We had conversations with several churches, but none of them, none of them seemed to have the right vision. None of them seemed to be the right thing. We had several churches that we talked to, several churches that contacted us through this past year and asked for help. And Pastor Chad has consulted with other churches. Chad and I together spent a week uh, weekend with another church leading them through some leadership uh, I, I work with a couple churches. Uh, Pastor Chris, our worship leader, is helping another church with some worship. So we have been doing that within our limitations and our abilities, but we had not had a church that we, that we could form a significant partnership with until Monday of this past week. Uh, and this is, so, this is so neat how God just kind of pulled this together just in time for Vision Sunday. Let me tell you the story. He's on time. God's always on time. Never early, but never late, right? And so let me tell you the story. It was about a month ago. There was a pastor of a local church called us and said, hey, I want to let you in on something that we're doing. They said, we just purchased uh, the old Dilly's Bar and Grill, and we're going to transform that place into a church. Everybody know where Dilly's Bar and Grill is? Yeah, that's a little concerning, but we, we, we got it, right? So they said, so... So you've been, you've been there for food, right? So we've got, we've got this, this pastor has this bold ask, right? He's like, I'm going to contact a bunch of churches within Franklin County. Uh, they, they have, it's a very small congregation, and they need about $400,000 to renovate uh, Dilly's Bar and Grill. So they said, uh, would you be willing to help us? Well, we brought this. Chad brought that to the attention of our elders on Monday night, and it just so happened that it was one of our meetings where we had the elders, the financial management team and the deacons and deaconesses together in a combined meeting. And Chad put this out there and it was amazing. 
the spirit in the room uh, had us all realize that God was in this and God was working this. In fact, we had one of the members of our financial management team drove past that bar and grew earlier that day, saw what was happening and said, I wonder if there's any way that we could help them. Never did he realize that that was going to be brought up Monday night as our discussion. And so we made a decision to send a gift of $25,000 to the Overflow Community Church to help them with the renovation. So God just came through in the right time for that. And uh, let, me, let me tell you, this, this is fun. This is fun. The more we give out and the more that we send, uh, the more God seems to uh, still, he still gives us a $655,000 surplus at the end of the year after all this. Listen, over the past three years, we, we, put out, we put out close to half a million dollars of just giving to other ministries, and it's been such an amazing thing to see how God, uh, how God provides and works for that. Now, that's something to celebrate. That is what we're celebrating on this Vision Sunday because we're now at the end of that first three-year cycle. But when we set out with this 1224 vision, it was never intended to be a once-and-done thing. Not, not at all. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to continue this, and we're going to start another round, right? We're heading into 2020 in just a few short weeks. And so we're going to, again, have a global partnership emphasis uh, throughout this next year. That's exactly why Pastor Chad and Nick Shear are on the ground right now in India, because in the next couple of weeks, they're going to be exploring some new opportunities uh, for partnership there. And then what we're going to do in 2021 is a new Grand Point campus, and I'm going to announce something and very exciting in just a few moments. And then in 2022, we're going to come back and look for another community partnership. And we're going to keep doing this as long as God keeps directing us in this path. So I just want you to know that when you join a Grand Point Church, this is what you're signing up for. This is the kind of exciting ride that they're on. This is how we're rolling, right? So it's not just about what happens in here, but it's about what we can do, uh, what God can do through us into the community and even into global partnerships. And I love this, love being a part of this. And I just want to take this moment to thank you uh, for your incredible investment in this. Now, what I did uh, for the purposes of getting everybody on the same page this morning is I created a video, a short video, Video that will be shown at Shippensburg United Worship and right here in the sanctuary. And that shows you a little bit about what's coming next. So watch this. Good morning and welcome to Vision Sunday 2019. Uh, my name is Lawrence, and I serve as the lead pastor for Grand Point Church and the teaching pastor at our Chambersburg campus. And I'm so honored to jump in here for this part of your gathering at the SHIP campus, the United Worship venue, and the sanctuary, as well as our online community, uh, to talk to you today about Vision Sunday 2019. Uh, we have a Vision Sunday once a year that serves as, as kind of a benchmark to celebrate our past, but also to introduce our future. And if this is your very first time attending Grand Point Church, you picked a great time to do it because today we're going to revisit our mission, our vision, and strategy as a church and then let you in on something pretty exciting that's coming our way. All that is to say, we're going to tell you why we do what we do. Our mission at Grand Point Church goes like this. We exist to help as many people as possible take their next steps 
to find and follow Christ. The key idea in our mission is next steps, your next step. Uh, our mission is not to grow buildings or campuses or budgets. Our mission is you and your connection to Christ and the Grand Point Church community. And while that looks differently for everyone, what is the same is that everyone has a next step to take. Well, on this Vision Sunday, I want to talk to you about three strategic initiatives that we're taking uh, to provide some next step opportunities for you. Number one, the discipleship ministry is just about to roll out a next steps pathway that identifies the steps of seek, grow, serve, and go. Now, that may not mean a whole lot to you right now, but we are convinced that these are the steps that every one of us must take if we're going to know the full experience of life that God intended for us. So we want to offer these steps to you by making the path as clear as possible. You'll hear a whole lot more about this in the future. Well, the second thing that I want to tell you about today is the launch of a new Grand Point campus in, are you ready for this? Greencastle, Pennsylvania. Uh, we had commissioned the team to provide us with a research summary on the next possible places for our next campus. The summer results show that next to Shippensburg and Fayetteville, Greencastle is the community where the greatest number of our members live. So we're planning to launch the Greencastle campus on Sunday, March 21st, 2021. That seems like a long way off, but it's not too early to start planning. So we have a campus launch plan already in place that really gains momentum in January of 2020, but here's what we want you to do. We want you to begin praying about being a part of the launch team for this new campus. Just like we did at Shippensburg several years ago, we would like to identify 150 people to go and help begin this new work in a new community. Now, this is a huge step of faith that still has a lot of unanswered questions, but even if we don't know all the answers, we're, we're, we are very excited and ready to have a conversation with you. The third thing that I want to tell you about today is the beginning of a residency component to our leadership development plan. In the past three years, we've offered several internship opportunities that have really gone well for us. But we believe that our next step as a church is to take those leadership development opportunities one step further and bring prospective leaders onto our staff to learn and serve in various areas of ministry and then send them out uh, to the churches and ministries where God is calling in. The budget that we propose for 2020 includes the ability to hire two individuals in 2020 uh, to join the residency program where they will spend at least 12 to 18 months working within our current ministry, all the while being trained for a full-time ministry role. Uh, these will be individuals who have identified a calling to serve in a church ministry position and are willing to be trained by the GPC staff and other community leaders. This residency program is set to launch in January of 2020. Uh, we do anticipate that one of the individuals that will enter this program will be the Greencastle campus pastor. Now, I realize that I unveiled some huge initiatives to you this morning. Uh, this is risky business, to be sure. And for some of you, this may raise a lot of questions. Please do not hesitate to ask your questions. Pastor Dan, Pastor Kevin, and I will do our absolute best to answer them or direct you to someone who can. Now, let me remind you that all of this, all of this falls under the umbrella of our 1224 vision, which comes directly from John chapter 12, verse 24, where Jesus says, 
unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Now, when Jesus said this, he was talking about his own life and how giving it up would result in many lives being saved. But we're going to adopt that same principle for our ministry. And when we do, the multiplying effect begins as we die to ourselves and as we begin to send. Finally, uh, most of you know that what we do here also has a global impact. We have a vital ministry partnership in India that's also expanding in its influence. Currently, Grand Point Church is financially supporting six pastors in India and will increase that support as we are able to do that. Right now, on October 20th, 2019, we have members from Grand Point Church on the ground in India. Uh, Chad and Nick are, are there right now and they'll be spending the next week speaking to teachers and exploring how we can best support them and expand our ministry. I am so grateful for you our Grand Point Church family, uh, for your connection to this ministry. We're only able to have this kind of an impact because of you. You are a part of something big that God is doing through our collective resources, and we will continue to move forward as God directs us. Thank you for playing a significant role in the story of Grand Point Church. There are more chapters to be written, and we're so glad that you're a part of the story. It's great stuff. This is a fun ride. It's a fun ride. We just want you to know that when you become a part of Grand Point Church, this is what you become a part of. So this is kind of our vision that's out there. I want to just take a few moments and kind of overlay this with where we've been in the book of Exodus, right? We've been following the children of Israel uh, being led out of captivity, right, in Egypt. And I'm, I know we talked a lot about leadership this morning. This kind of stuff excites me, probably more than you. But a lot about leadership. But here's something that, again, all of us as followers of Jesus Christ need to know. So the children of Israel were being led by Moses, right? And Moses led them out of Egypt or attempted to, but we talked about the Pharaoh, right? The king of Egypt was kind of pulling them back after all that, that, that series of plagues. And after that last plague, Pharaoh finally says, all right, Moses, take these people and get out of here, right? But then he changes his mind after they left and tries to bring them back. I want you to see a little bit how God is working in this. In Exodus chapter 13, verse 17, watch this. It said, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that way was shorter. God is leading his people, and here's what he did. For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. Do you ever realize that God doesn't always lead you in the easy path? The reason that he doesn't is because when life is easy, you let down your guard, you relax, you learn best when things are hard. And that's exactly why God is leading them through. So God led the people by the desert toward the Red Sea. Every time you go on Google and you look for directions, it gives you a couple different options, right? Option one is this way. Option two is this way. Option three. It'll even show you the shortest route. And here's the most scenic route, and this might be the longest route. Well, when God is leading the children of Israel, he's like, okay, here is the shortest route. This is the easiest path. But I'm not leading you that way. That's not the way we're going. We're going this way. 
This way would take you about two hours to get there. This way is going to take you about 40 years, right? <laughs> God's leading them through this desert, and he's, he's leading them uh, into these very specific places. It even mentions that. It says, by day, the Lord went ahead of them. I want you to get this into your minds today. I don't want you to lose this. God is leading the people. See, sometimes when we read Exodus and we read about this wilderness kind of stuff, we have this idea that these people are crazy. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know where they're going. They're just wandering around aimlessly in the desert. Some women have even concluded that the reason it took 40 years is because there's men leading them who will not stop and ask for directions, right? <laughs> You need to know that God is leading them. Even though this four, it's taken 40 years, God is ahead of them. The Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of, of fire to give them light. The Lord said to Moses, tell the Israelites to turn back. This, this is some crazy directions at this point. The Lord said to Moses, tell the Israelites to turn back and encamp near Pi Harioth between Migdal and the sea, directly opposite Baal Zephon. The Lord is saying, Listen, I want you to do, I want you to pull a Yui. Turn around. You're going in this direction, but I want you to turn around. And they went right into this place where they were surrounded by all kinds of impossibilities. They looked to the north. So when they were in this place of Baal Zephon, they looked to the north. And there was a fortified Egyptian, a, a great fortified Egyptian army. There's absolutely no way that they could have gone there. They looked to the south. And to the south of this was a huge and the vast Egyptian desert where there was absolutely no protection. There's no way that they would have survived in the desert. They looked to the east. And that was the land of Goshen, which was, again, in Egypt, which is exactly where they came from. If they would have gone east, they would have gone right back into slavery. And then to the west of them was the Red Sea. And they couldn't swim. They were not swimmers. So here they are. They're hemmed in. Have you ever felt hemmed in? Have you ever felt like you were in a place that it didn't matter what decision you made? It just wasn't going to work. There was just like no way out of this. This is exactly how God leads his people. He will lead you to places at times when you are hemmed in, where you have no possibility to get out of this situation apart from him. And that's where they were. That's exactly where they were. So Moses answered the people. Guess what they did? They, they grumbled, right? When they were at a place where they didn't see a way out, when they were hemmed in, they grumbled. They complained to the Lord. And then they said to Moses things like, Moses, so why didn't you leave us in Egypt where life was a lot easier? Did you bring us out here in the desert to die? Why couldn't have we stayed there and served those people? Now, if I'd have been Moses, I would have been like, do you remember? Do you remember what it was like back in Egypt? Do you remember how difficult it was there? But now they're complaining, saying, if you would have just left us there, we'd be okay. It would be better to serve the people, to serve the Egyptians, than to die in the desert. Well, Moses answered the people. Now, watch this. This is advice for all of us this morning. This is what I want to leave you with. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. We sang some amazing songs this morning that addressed the fear that often accompanies us in our lives. Whenever there's a big vision, whenever God is leading us, whether it's you as an individual or even as our church, there is a tendency to be afraid. 
I'll be honest with you. Let me just be very vulnerable. The day that I shot that video that we just showed you, I was scared. I was scared. I'm like, God, is, is this, when, when it goes out, right, I'm not going to put this out there to all of the campuses and then not follow through with this. So I'm like, I'm like scared. God, is this really what you want us to do? But then whenever you're afraid, you look back. You look back and remember what God has done. All I had to do was look back over the past three years and just saw how God was faithful in ways that were more than what we expected. And it gives us the confidence to move forward. Anytime you're in a place where you don't know how you're going to get out of it, take a look back at what God has already done in your life. And it will give you confidence to move forward. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance that the Lord will bring you today. And this is exactly where many of, a message that many of us need to hear today personally. Many of you are hemmed in. You need the deliverance of the Lord. I just want to remind you today that he is going to do that. Here's our role. Here's our role as a church. As individuals, we want to make sure that we are free to serve. We want to make sure that we're in a good place. We want to make sure that we are living in the deliverance of our sin, whatever might be holding us back, so that we can fully be connected to the work of the church. And then as a church, again, we have every bit of confidence to move forward with the vision that God is calling us because he has worked in the past and he will do it in our future. Today, we just want to wrap up this morning, this hour together by just giving God a, an amazing, amazing shout of praise as uh, we reflect again on the vision that he laid in our hearts and what he has done to accomplish that. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you to stand, if you would. Stand with me, and uh, we're just going to pray together, and the team is going to come and lead us in our closing song, which is simply, may God be praised. And we're going to praise him today for this. But before we do that, uh, I just want to invite you again to ask any questions about this. You saw all the leaders in here. You know who to ask. We just want you to be uh, on board with this and uh, just uh, be a part of the excitement that is coming, right? Let's pray together. God, we thank you today for this incredible day that we get to look back over the past year and actually over the past three years. And God, today, we stand here as a congregation today kind of excited, kind of excited about what happened in the past and very excited about what's happening in the future. And God, today, we acknowledge that this was not us. In fact, we stood on the edge. We stood at the edge of a lot of red seas with this, and we weren't quite sure how this was going to work out. We had our fears and we had our uncertainties. But God, we praise you today that you have shown us that we can trust you. We can trust you. We need to stand firm. And then we need to take that step into the sea and move ahead. So God, may this be a personal and also a corporate application uh, for us today. So we praise you for who you are and what you provide. In Jesus' name, amen. Read Colossians 2, 13-14 this week. How does the scripture show how powerless we are? What does it say about God delivering us from our battles? Ask God to strengthen your faith in the midst of uncertainty and ask the members of your circle, small group, your family, or a friend to pray for you. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Grand Point Church Podcast. Our heart is to help as many as possible on their journey to find and follow Jesus, and we hope you feel at home with us here. Until next time, connect with us on Instagram or Facebook at Grand Point Church, or share this podcast episode with a friend.